video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch. Hello, you want my name is Justin the Clue, and I'm here today with Mark Hanson. Mark Handsome, as uh, he likes people to call him. Stop it! Stop it right now! Yeah, Justin, that's for behind closed doors. I know. I, I, no, I don't want people to know that I'm really known as Handsome Hanson behind closed doors. But so uh, this week, uh, nice and light, right, Mark? Yeah, not many, you know, it's things. not so bad. Honestly, I looked at the list this week, and I was like. Breathing a sigh of relief after, you know, not many <laughs> Kino titles on here. Did you leave, like, a bunch of stuff out? You're like, we actually got, like, a hundred other Kino releases. Yeah, I'm just leaving half of our releases off the list now. No, it's not. You know, it's actually a relatively smaller week this week. But I can promise you next week, we're not going to be off the hook so easily. All the stuff I bought actually came out this week, so... What are you talking about? <laughs> this is definitely a week in the past, whatever day it is right now. That's right, because we do this a week behind because we want people to go and buy stuff hoping it's good, and then they listen and they're like, oh no, they said it was bad! I already bought it! It's too it's late! Like, sorry, we can't return it. No <laughs> returns. <laughs> I was going to say... I'm just kidding. We do return product. <laughs> do you do returns? Not if it's open. Oh, sorry. I like... was going to say, I have all these movies that are open and that I've watched. Hey now, if you watch it, yeah, we've had people come back and be like, hey, I watched this and I didn't like it. Can I return it? I'm like, sorry, no, we're not we're not doing that. When I was a teenager in high school, I rented a movie, uh, ripped it and brought it to the video store and was like, hey, sorry, I already watched this. Could I get something else? <laughs> they looked at me with such scorn. Oh. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, really? And I had only like I had been gone half an hour. Like there was no way I could have watched the movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I would have been the person looking at you as scorn for sure. I was like, I am a teenager who has almost no money. Please let me do this so I can <laughs> yeah. watch movies. How dare this, this little punk kid. I don't even remember what movie it was. Uh, probably like Donnie Darko or something like that on DVD. Yeah, probably. That, that, definitely Donnie Darko or Vanilla Sky, something like that. So uh, moving on to the stuff that's actually been released in the cult section. We have, oh, this is definitely a classic, Mark. But uh, Is this uh, a classic or is it Bruce a Bruce Lee? I don't know. The most famous martial artist of all time his you know greatest what? hits finally being legitimized by criterion when when the bruce lee stuff came out from shout factory that would have been in a cult section right so i figure you know why don't we put a cult title in the criterion Wait, did they all come out here? by from shout factory yeah so shout factory actually put all of these out individually about three four years ago uh i guess they had a deal with uh the company that i'm blanking on that made these um but it only lasted for a really short time. They were out for like a year. They were good transfers and everything, but they didn't have the rights for very long. And then they just went out of print really quickly. And those things were hot commodities for a while until this set got announced. And it was kind of one of Criterion's bigger release announcements this year. You know, it's kind of the biggest release we've had this week. So I figured let's talk about it right off the top. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, you guys have been selling these like hotcakes. So. Oh, my God. Yeah, we were sold out within the first 12 hours for sure. And then we do have more in. We got another shipment really quick, which is nice. So we are fully stocked up again. So definitely come on by. Grab one, please. Take them off our hands. The Bruce Lee movies are just ones that I never returned to. They weren't, like, part of my childhood or anything like that. Like, I was aware of them. But even when I watched Enter the Dragon, I was like, ah, oh, this is fun, but... You know, there's more ones I like more than this. <laughs> yeah, well, I know you're a Bruce Lee... A Bruce Bloitation oh, fan. More I than, love more than Bruce, Bruce Bloitation, right? yeah. I've only ever seen Enter the Dragon, actually, so I kind of... And you know what? I feel the same way. I saw it as a kid... Liked it as a kid. I did watch it again recently in the last like year or so, and I thought it was fun. Like it definitely holds up as just like kind of in terms of like kind of an entry point to martial arts cinema. I feel like 
you you could do you know you couldn't do that much better for it it's kind of like the starting point uh, for that. i think that like the way he kind of overshadows everything to do to this day always kind of bugged me in a way like people are always like going back to him as the ultimate martial artist and like nothing can penetrate the cultural consciousness beyond bruce lee maybe jackie chan that's pretty much it and uh, looking at this Criterion yeah, set, there's a lot of cool stuff, but I almost want, l- want more than what they included because I'm greedy. Really? So you're not satisfied with the and extras, though? There's like two uh, little featurettes by uh, Grady Hendrix on Bruceploitation, which is really fun. I like that. But it's all the same commentaries by the same people. The thing about these movies is they've been released a hundred times. Hong Kong they Legends have. did massive box sets where like uh, Batman Bay Logan did commentaries with like some of the living actors that had been in the movies and stuff like that. That stuff is fun, but it's like his whole life has been so like scraped over that there's like just yeah. dust left i'm glad that it's finally in like an ultimate box set edition yeah i feel like this is kind of like the be all end all bruce lee set like this is it this is the definitive set you're gonna get um it was kind of disappointing before i mean show factory did put out a box set together of all these things when they first put them out which was actually pretty nice it was like a bruce lee premiere collection so they had probably special features that are not included on this right i think they must have yeah, yeah i mean we definitely for anybody who wants to compare we act we have the rentals of all those blu-rays that show factory put out um if you really want to compare the features and take a look but yeah, they did a pretty good job with it and they put them out individually and in a nice set. And then it just all went out of print in like a year. So I don't know. I guess Criterion has probably worked out a better right situation than Shout Factory did. So I feel like this will be around for some time. I don't think it's going to go out of print right away or anything. But I guess, yeah, it's the sleekest, most compact looking set they've put out of these movies so far. Mm. So. And I mean, clearly Bruce Lee fans want this. Like, the, the the demand was off the charts from the first day. So, I don't know. And I feel like a lot of these people, some people even said they had bought the previous versions and they're just double dipping on this. I mean, people love Bruce Lee and I understand it. So, uh, you know, I just, man, these Criterion things are so expensive. <laughs> they are. It's a cool, like, $130 we're selling it for. Which, I mean, you get five movies and, like, two discs full of special features, so... Wait, do you get five or six? Because I believe uh, Game of Death 2, Tower of Death, is included. Yeah, so I guess you get six, right? Technically, yeah. Yeah, Fist of Fury, uh, The Big Boss, Game of Death, which is, like, you know, half a movie, Enter the Dragon, Way of the Dragon, five, and then Tower of Death, a.k.a. Game of Death 2. And yeah, you get those documentaries like Bruce Lee, A Warrior's Journey, stuff that was out before through like Fox and everything. Um, And yeah, and I think with Enter the Dragon, you do get two cuts of that film, which I'm not sure. Oh, I believe it's like the director's cut, which is the most common one, or the extended version, and then the actual theatrical one. Exactly. So especially for Enter the Dragon, that was never part of the show factory thing, because that was always like Warner Brothers always had the rights to that because they made that clearly um so this is kind of the first time you've had a deluxe edition of enter the dragon for anybody who wants that i mean i heard that severin is putting out a bruce ploitation box set and i'm very excited about that yes. so i'm just like <laughs> licking my that. lips yeah you heard it from me <laughs> i did hear it from you <laughs> no but then i heard it independently and oh I was did like, you oh, he's right oh wow but actually yeah 
But then I, I also know that you are the DVD Blu-ray savant around here and <laughs> yeah. all the new releases coming out. Uh, no, I do not do not know all the new releases because often I look at the Bay Street catalog and go, whoa, that's coming out? I didn't know that. So. I do think you predicted a certain Friday the 13th set that might just be up for pre-order now. Yeah, I think I'm more like the kid from the Twilight Zone, <laughs> like the one that can send you to the cornfield. I just, yeah. whatever I say becomes truth. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that Friday the 13th box set. I'm there day one, like, to buy it from Bay Street Video. I don't need, like, the lit, like, the Jason that pops out of the case or anything like that. Like, oh, I just yeah, need the I don't set. Care. And apparently they already sold out of that thing within, like, hours. But I do, as a quick aside with that, I will say that we have confirmed with our suppliers we are going to be getting that set for October. We're going to get large quantities because they already asked us for what kind of numbers we want. And yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm there first day. Like I've been, I missed the bot, like the tin set they had out before, but I am a hundred percent going to buy this when it comes The out. only set of Friday the 13th I had was the one that has like his face on the front and it was like the slim cases. It was like the first yeah. big release. I wonder, like, I know they lost a lot of the gore stuff, but I would love, and Chef Factory doesn't really do this, like uh, an assembly cut version that like inserts the gore into yeah. the film, even if it's standard definition, which I believe is the only yeah. versions that are available. I'd like to see cuts of that. Like, um, I think the John Carl Buechler one, which is Friday seven. seven. It's the new blood. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that gore may be missing or it's like really low res versions that yeah. still exist. It'd be nice, though, because, yeah, Show Factory, I know with, like, Exorcist 3 and, like, Nightbreed, they managed to incorporate uh, some of that. They did like, a work print version of Return of the Living Dead as well. On yeah, the, on, yeah. But, like, other stuff like The Resurrected, they didn't include a work yeah, print. Yeah, they never did anything for it that. It could be a yeah. music rights thing, because a lot of work prints use temp scores, and maybe uh, Shout doesn't want to touch that. But, man, that Friday the 13th box set, I'm so excited. There's, like, new transfer of Jason Goes to Hell, which I do like. Yeah. Oh my god! And it's never really been on Blu-ray. No, I don't think, I don't think it's extended hell, right? edition has ever been on Blu-ray. Yeah, it's like the gore, yeah. of like the woman being split in half and oh, stuff I like know, that. Yeah. <laughs> new commentaries and everything. Even though people were complaining, I don't think they did a new scan of five. Oh no! Uh, they're using some yeah old version yeah. that exists. Well, I'm sure it's still, five. Five's yeah. kind of lame though. Anyway, so. what? How dare you? you? Five. Five. A new beginning. Uh, uh, oh yeah, the porn one because it was directed by yeah, a porn director. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's okay. I mean, I like them all, but it's not one of my favorites. For have you ever read the big coffee table book? It's like the oral history. No, uh, I, I Crystal Lake memory. Hands on that. It's yeah. so good. It's just everybody like contradicting themselves as they're talking, which is the best kind of oral history. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so uh, that's not being released yeah, till well, October, I think. So <laughs> we're just gonna talk about releases in you know three months down the road from now on. So and when we get there, we'll be like, eh, I already talked yeah. about this. <laughs> Check that other episode. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so next up, we have uh, another Hammer film, Kiss of the Vampire from Shout Factory and what's this? It's this week's Blind Buy! Well, I picked this one mostly as a joke because we always talk about the Hammer Horror film and that we've never seen one but now we have recently and it was boring. Uh, yeah man <laughs> I'm just gonna say right off the top this is not my bag these movies. No. Well this is I think a bad example of one. It's like nothing really happens it's just like a generic vampire film it looks very lush but it doesn't have like a Peter Cushing or Christopher Lee and it's not particularly crazy either like i got a little excited when there's a cool shot at the beginning where they like put a stake through a coffin at a funeral and then the camera goes through the coffin to reveal vampires inside i'm like yeah here we go and then it's like 
Yeah, the opening's not bad. It really sets it up. It's kind of just like its own thing. And then you're right. It just turns into this like really stodgy Britishy movie that just doesn't work for me. I don't know. I mean, my heritage. How dare you be decadent? That means you must be a vampire. It's like, all right. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know where this is going right from the beginning. Do you know where it's going? Because it ended pretty lamely. Yeah. Although, I have to say, I kind of enjoyed the bat attack at the end. Did you not? <laughs> so the vampires all get killed by a bunch of bats. Are they giant evil bats? Nah, they're just regular-sized like bats. regular fake bats that they're just, like, throwing at the actors, and which like, is uh, great. Uh, and then it just abruptly ends like ends, a martial yeah. arts film. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I was kind of like half watching it at that point because I was so bored. And then that happened. And I'm like, oh, wow. I didn't do any research on it. I thought it was like a later period, like Ingrid Pitt hammer film, which is when they were get, got all like sexy and extra bloody. No, it's not. It came out not. in 1963. <laughs> it was supposed to be like, I think maybe the third Dracula film. They Hammer kept trying to make them without Christopher Lee. And obviously the result is not good. Not so good. Uh, but you know what? People like this movie. Like, yeah, it is sold incredibly well for us. But I mean, they all sell well. So I have to take that for what it's the worth. The people's like, oh, the new Hammer film. I guess I have to buy it. Uh, you know what? If they released a big box set, I'd probably be a sucker. And I'd be like, I got to get it, I guess. Do you think they'll do that one day? I don't know. I mean, they've released so many of them individually. And all these Hammer fans buy them religiously when they come out. So I feel like there'd be a lot of discontent if they just put them all out in one set. I mean, we do have some of the sets, the British Indicator release sets uh, that they put out. They did like four or five of those. But in North America, I don't know if that's ever going to really happen. But, you know, like, I think if I can see if you had grown up with these movies, maybe you have a lot of nostalgia for them. And I think that's why they sell really well, because it's people who saw them as kids and they just like, I, I can see the appeal. I just think, you know, it. And I don't know, my heritage is so British, as we like to say, and it's just like, <laughs> I watch these things and everybody just seems so stodgy and I just like can't, I just couldn't get into any of the characters, anything that was going no, so on. So boring. It was just so boring. There wasn't much style to it. It's just really kind of, it, it shot really just blandly almost. Yeah, it wasn't directed know. by one of the like uh, leading lights. So it wasn't Terrence Fisher or, or Rory Ward Baker. It was a guy named, I think, Don, Don Marks or Don Sharp, I think. Yeah, Don Sharp. Who, who I read was not even a fan of horror movies. So he was trying no, to just he, do. Like, supposedly he said, I've never seen a horror yeah, movie before making the film. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I liked. So, yeah, I kind of like the bat thing. I mean, the, the whole um, masked party thing definitely gave me some shades of eyes wide shut a little bit, I have to say. I don't know if that was, you know, intentional that Kubrick ever saw that or not. But there was definitely a little eyes wide shut stuff going on. But honestly, yeah, it's but it's like I'd rather be watching uh, the Roger Corman's Mask of Red Death, which has all the eyes wide shut stuff. And yeah, I think I thought it was going to be tra like you said, I thought it was going to be trashier and maybe a little sleazier going into yeah, it. Yeah, 1963, yeah. so no. Nope. And I was excited for that. I was actually going into it with an open mind, like, all right, let's give this a shot. And it just wasn't, sl I would have preferred if it was sleazier, you know? But yeah, I was looking through the hammer list of movies, and this is the only hammer film I've ever seen, so... 
Yeah, I've, I've never even seen the big ones. They, I mean, I've seen some of the new Hammer movies, but, you know. Oh, yeah, you mean like really, uh, like The Tenant or whatever it was uh, the called? Resident uh, with the Resident, yeah. yeah. But they also did the Woman in Black remakes and everything, which were, you know, whatever. But they also did The Lodge, apparently, which I didn't realize until now. Yeah, they actually produced The Lodge, but. What is Hammer at this point? What like, is yeah. Hammer? Yeah, I think it's just, it's a name, you know, that's it. It's nothing more than that. Uh, would I blind buy this? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> Yeah, no. I For me personally, but you hammerheads out there, you got to get it. No, oh, what a great name, hammerheads, hammerheads right? And yeah, considering Street sharks. <laughs> yeah, and considering the upgrade from the previous DVD, like that we I watched our old rental DVD, and it's like non anamorphic. It looks like crap. So it it does, you know, it's gonna look better than ever. It's one of Shout's collectors edition series. Hammer so. fans are like, you should have watched the new Shout Factory oh, yeah. version. <laughs> I then I would have really understood it, right? We're gonna get so much flack from Hammer, uh, from Hammerheads out there. <laughs> Street sharks. <laughs> I know we're gonna lose so many, so many listeners because we just disparaged Hammer for ten minutes. Oh yeah, because I told Mark we lost a listener because Mark uh, uh, tore into Terrence Malick's Tree of Life. <laughs> I did, I did. I'm sorry, all you Terrence Malick fans out there. I, I don't no ill will on my part. I swear. Yeah, he apologizes and uh, he makes amends be, by getting a Tree of Life tattoo of <laughs> Sean Penn with his of arms open, walking, <laughs> no, walking through the door. Sean Penn walking through the door. That'll be my tattoo. And someone's like, "You have a Sean Penn tattoo? It's like his whole back too." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, what do you got? Got a problem with Sean Penn? <laughs> oh yes, I do. Many yes, problems. I do. Many, many problems. Uh, and you're like, "Uh oh, you want like the Shanghai gesture <laughs> tattoo I have on my stomach?" <laughs> Uh, so we also have The Taking of Deborah uh, Logan, released by the terrifying Terror Films. Terror Films. Did you see this one? This is a found footage film, I, isn't it? I did, yeah. It is a found footage film. It's it's fairly recent. It's from 2014. Um, so it was out before, but now it's getting a rebrand from this new... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the guy went on to make like an insidious film, escape I think. room, too, actually, which... Oh, I like Escape yeah, Room. I underrated i like to escape room until the ending when it tries to do this world building thing and i just i thought the ending was annoying but uh yeah it was nice to see some people win by the end instead of just being miserable and just losing like every other horror film like that weird thing about this guy though adam robitel is he is was a protege of brian singer which is kind of uh these days uh, yeah and that's how he, he actually like his first credit is in a minor role like acting role in x-men and then he worked on some brian singer movies and then somehow he got this movie made because brian singer actually produced this movie the taking of deborah logan um so yeah this was kind of a an indie hit i guess back in 2014 and yeah it's a found footage movie kind of when a found a lot of found footage movies were coming out it's kind of similar to like the last exorcism or something but in this one it concerns an old lady who has dementia and basically a group of medical students who go to film her to do a documentary for their thesis their university thesis on dementia and then of course it's not really dementia it might actually be that she's possessed by something um honestly i don't get why people like this movie so much i thought it was people I love this movie, this movie. Was lame uh, and i and i mean found footage i kind of was over pretty quickly at a certain point but even for found footage movies it just First of all, it made no sense to me, the fact that they would keep filming this, because the protagonists aren't even filmmakers. <laughs> That's your big complaint? <laughs> that you're like, I don't buy that they'd keep That's filming. That's always a complaint for me, though, honestly. Like, I get it if they're filmmakers, but in this case, they're not even filmmakers. They're just med students. And as soon as it becomes like, 
all this creepy stuff starts happening and then they just keep bringing this woman to the hospital and then they just keep bringing her home even though she's like ranting and raving like a lunatic like clearly there's something horribly wrong with her and everybody's just like well just take her home i guess and these medical students at a certain point you'd think like a this is getting dangerous why are we filming this and b aren't we kind of exploiting this woman now at a certain point you know and no, at no point do any of those are any of those conversations had and it, it just like and then the whole thing just kind of goes on and on and peters out and becomes like any other exorcism possession found footage movie you've seen and I don't know. Yeah, I found it really boring. Honestly, it was one of the it's only like an hour and a half. But I remember at like the hour mark thinking like, is this already like, is this over yet? Like, I feel like I've been watching this for two hours. Found footage films never give you like any yeah. of the good stuff. No, they don't. And it's not scary at all. Like the few moments are just like the lame jump scares you come to expect from these kind of movies. Um, I mean, the actress who plays Deborah Logan is good, I guess. But Apart from that, I don't really have much to recommend. About yeah, this. why don't you check out Relic instead, which supposedly deals with a lot of similar material, and that recently came out on VOD. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet, but I hear that does it pretty well. Um, and that's the thing. And also, as you know, my grandmother actually has dementia right now, and uh, not that like I, you know, I'm like traumatized by it or anything. But just watching this movie, I'm like, this is this is not what dementia is like. And like, clear, it just didn't seem like anybody involved really had any kind of serious like i get if you're making a jokey horror movie but it seems like they're trying to do like a serious exploration of dementia as well like making it an allegory and it just doesn't feel like anybody has any idea what they're talking so about. moving on to more fun things we have trailer trauma volume 5 70s action pack from garage yeah, house pictures you picked this up right i like garage house pictures yep uh, I like trailer um, things only because I like learning about new movies that I've never heard of. I'm not really a big like, oh, I need to see what the trailer is. Unless it's like a weird original trailer that features no footage from the movie, which I love. But I actually really like these because they feature commentaries and they're like three hours long. So you really get like two people who are really passionate and done a lot of research just explaining what the movie is and, you know, bouncing around. That's what I love about these sets. I'm a big fan of Garage yeah, House great. Pictures. Re- I always hear it's just like literally one guy in his garage basically making these releases, but he puts a lot of love into Yeah, Harry them. Guerrero. Yeah. And these trailer trauma sets, all five of them now have sold incredibly well for us. Like I picked up the Dismembered, uh, which was a Garage House release, and I didn't know that it was a film that was unreleased and it was only found a few years ago because somebody was helping the director move and they were like, what's this? And he was like, oh, it's a movie I made in the 60s. And I just never got a distributor and Garage House, somehow they heard about it and they put it out on Blu-ray. Love those stories. I love those stories too, yeah. And you're like, wow, this exists. It really shouldn't, but here it is. I mean, you know, I said, that's what I try to do with Gold Ninja Video, so... All right, uh, moving on. We have Natalie, Escape from Hell. Uh, yeah, this is not my bag. <laughs> More Nazi exploitation here. Yeah, directed know. by a porn director. Oh, yeah, that's always... I mean, mo- I feel like most of them are directed by porn directors, but... Oh, how dare you? Jess Franco, a porn director? That's, yeah, of course. Sorry. Sorry, Mr. Franco's estate, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. These Again, these do really well for us because there is a market for these, and MVD has, to their, you know, to their credit, put a nice set together for this... Um, um, I think this was available. What, does it have special features? I think there's a little bit on there. I mean, they've definitely. I don't no, think so. They've definitely done a new transfer for it though, because this was only available in kind of like public domain DVDs for a long time. I think uh, Cheesy Flicks okay. had put this out before. Um, so you know, it's selling well for us. But like, I don't know. Once you know, I saw the Ilsa movies. I'm like, 
I think I've, you know, I get it. Yeah. I like You know what MVD put out yeah. that uh, I still saw you have two copies of? That French, uh, that it uh, Spanish spaghetti western that takes place in Canada. Oh, Can't remember. Hudson, Hudson Bay Massacre. River Massacre, yeah. Yeah. So people need to pick that <laughs> so up. That kind of died for us because of the COVID thing. We, we got that in like what, a few weeks before we shut down, I think. So it kind of never got the exposure. But we still have them on the shelf. Please it's come cheap pick them up. And it's really fun. I wish I had special features. I wish I could like learn about the director and stuff like that but. oh yeah so i think this is the same line as that is they're kind of like bargain blu-rays but but they do new transfers i don't for think them. they do new transfers i think they get like new masters that oftentimes have played on like hd channels but have sometimes never been released on blu-ray so i guess it is like the first time to the public in the sense of like something purchasable we also have Strawberry Estates, another Sub Rosa disc. There's a new one every week. Yeah, I know. From our man, Ron Bonk. <laughs> this is a found footage film. Is it? Yeah, okay. it is. I haven't seen it. I hear it's real bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we did our blind buy on Ron Bonk before, right? And I feel like that's that's all I need to that's all I need to know about Ron Bonk. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if you like uh, found footage films, I believe this is shot on VHS, because I think it came out like after the Blair Witch, I would say. It's nine it's ninety-seven actually, so it's like right before the Blair Witch. I guess the same year as the last broadcast, but yeah. So yeah, if you're a completist when it comes to this kind of stuff, pick it up. It's only 13 bucks. <laughs> it's really cheap. Come on. And it's got that great artwork, that this line that SRS is doing now. So if you're one of those completists, you got to have all those titles <laughs> That's on the crazy. Shelf. I don't, Come on, These aren't new releases, are they? They're just like DVDs that your distributor suddenly gets no, in. No, these are actually new releases. They are just... A, I don't believe that. Are, yeah. I mean, as far, so has this line been out for a while? Do you know something? Yeah, I, I think they have. Are they? Okay, well then, maybe it was something. Have you been selling stuff. any of them? Yeah, the they're DVDs actually that you've been selling getting? well. Like Church of the Damned we sold out of. That was last week, I think, we were talking about that. That sold out really fast. Uh, yeah, City of the Vampires was sold well for us. They all sell well, surprisingly. That's great, because they are buried in the DVD section. You need to go looking for them if you actually want them. I think the artwork really jumps out at people, though, I have to say. So we also have um, Senior Week, uh, I assume a sex comedy, uh, released by Liberation <laughs> Hall. The, the weirdo company that will come out with, like, real fringe titles that are nobody's favorite. Who could forget Skateboard! Exclamation point. Skateboard. Yeah, and they also put out Chicago Cab. I remember we were talking about that weird sort of, like, yeah, multi-character cab movie. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what the deal is with Liberation Hall. They only do DVDs. They've never done any Blu-rays yet. Um, and I don't know anything about this film. I looked it up. It's, like... Yeah, a sex comedy from the 80s, directed by a guy who didn't really direct any movies after. I think he did TV work. And yeah, that, that's basically all I got to say. <laughs> Does anybody know what senior week is? We're uh, waiting so somebody can speak up if you're listening to this yeah, podcast. Please, somebody <laughs> chime in now. Yeah. Uh, it's got a great cover, though, if you like. All of them had, like, the, the cartoony, like, Harvey Kurtzman-style cover, where it's, like, a this bunch of... This isn't even cartoony, though. It's, like, it's photoshopped images of people. It looks like one of those bad, like, uh, National Lampoon direct-to-video Oh, no! Yeah, I was yeah. going to give it the benefit of the doubt and think it had, like, a 70s-style poster. Oh, no, it's not even as good as, like, Scorpion does with their releases. <laughs> So moving on to classic, we have the Lady Eve, the uh, Preston Sturges film. People love this. Yeah, it's fun. Never seen it. Is it? Is it good? All right. Should yeah, I? Yeah, it's good. Moving on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could say yes. I know you're not going to watch it. I, I I'll watch it someday. 
someday maybe. Listen, you got that new uh, Megan Fox fights a lion movie oh, coming out. Yeah. So y- we've you're... had we've had a listener blind buy request uh, for for a title coming up that uh, we may have to take into consideration in the next couple months. So yeah, if you're gonna buy this, you'll buy it. I, it's a Lady Eve. Everybody knows what this is. I feel like it's been released by Criterion on Blu-ray before, uh, not hasn't on it? Blu-ray. It was on DVD before. It was one of their early DVDs they released. Um, yeah, I see they, it in libraries all the time. Yeah, I think you get because they. They've released, you know, The Lady Vanishes on Blu-ray and maybe another Lady. They've released a bunch of Lady movies that I feel like this just gets lost in the in the mix. Uh, we also have the Deanna Durbin collection being released by Kino. I do not know who this is. Deanna Durbin, she was a, you know, she was a big actress in the classic Hollywood studio system. Whoa, Canadian? She was born in Winnipeg. She, I think it started with Eve as kind of like one of her big films, which I believe is included in this. So yeah, this has, it started with Eve, 100 Men and a Girl, and Three Smart Girls Grow Up, which I think are three of her bigger films. Yeah, she's, she's an actress, I guess, that doesn't get the same kind of notice as like a Betty Davis or like a Joan Crawford or somebody, but I definitely constantly see her name on movies in our classic section. So she worked a ton back then. She definitely has a ton of fans, and I don't think a lot of her films have got any sort of Blu-ray releases yet. So Kino, you know, is kicking things off with this. And we also have a noir, Kiss the Blood Off My Hands, directed by Norman Foster. What a great title. I love the titles on these noir movies. This is a Burt Lancaster joint right here. I love myself some Burt. Yeah. Uh, this one's always been popular on DVD, so uh, kind of it's, it's a big one for Blu-ray. I've never seen it, but, you know, noirs, they do well. We also have Pride and Prejudice, which I almost picked for our blonde buy. Did you uh, really? The Warner Archives <laughs> release, directed by Robert Z. Leonard, starring Lawrence Olivier. This is kind of known as a failed adaptation of this book. Like one that could have been more. I think George Cooker was going to direct it at one point. And, you know, a lot of people feel it's miscast. I don't think I've ever seen an adaptation of Pride and Prejudice in movie I, form. Yeah, I've seen the BBC miniseries with Colin Firth, which is kind of like the standard version, I think, that most people go to. This one is still insanely popular for us. Uh, it always has been as a rental. I mean, I think its status as a failed adaptation has just kind of been forgotten by people who are just looking for classic adaptations of Pride and Prejudice. Um, the weird thing about this one that I noted that I didn't actually know before is it's co-written by Aldous Huxley. I didn't realize wow. he actually, yeah, he actually did some screenwriting work on classic literature adaptations. He also co-wrote the Jane Eyre adaptation with Orson Welles in the forties. So this was part of that wave. So, you know, if you had picked this as a blind buy, I would have been mildly intrigued by that alone. <laughs> and we probably had the same reaction, which was yeah. like, eh, yeah, not boring. so hot. Yeah. <laughs> Give me some monsters. <laughs> Uh, it's a Warner Archives release, so I believe they uh, did a new remaster, so it looks better than it ever has. Listen, kids, I listen to the Warner Archives podcast every week, so I'm up on these releases. Uh, Hiroshima is also being released by Arrow, a 1953 Japanese film directed by Hideo Sekigawa, and it's exactly what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, I'd never really heard about this film before we got it in here, but apparently this is a really realistic uh, docudrama on the, the day of like the Hiroshima bombing, so recreating that whole thing from like Man, 1953, on only eight and years 19- after it happened. I know, right? And that's what's so wild to me is that they did this kind of like really realistic fact-based docudrama so soon after it uh definitely intrigued to check this one out uh we also have ron howard's the missing being released by shout this movie sucks 
<laughs> Do they have a contractual obligation to release this or something? I don't know. I When I did a Ron Howard episode for my podcast, The Important Cinema Club, I think I watched 13 or 14 of his films. He is such an affable guy, and he seems so passionate that I just wanted to watch a good one. Like, one yeah. that, like, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I get it. Rush, people love it. But he made so many more films before then. There had to be one that was good. And, like, The Missing has a great premise, and it's just yeah. not good. Tommy Lee Jones, Kate yeah. Blanchett in a Western? Mm, sounds great. Yeah, I never saw this one, but I remember also being into it when it was coming out thinking it looked cool and then I, I missed it and then i just heard nothing but like blah reviews about it do you not do you, what was your favorite ron howard movie then when you binge them do you have any favorites Oof, i don't Were there any remember that you actually considered like hmm that's a good movie i enjoyed willow people like willow i mean that's not a big controversial opinion but like i i went deep like uh people like night shift i did not like night shift yeah, i've never actually seen that one but i know people love that film ron howard's best movie is grand theft auto the film he directed oh, for roger right. corman yeah <laughs> of course edited by joe dante so you're not like a backdraft fan or anything or apollo 13 or anything backdraft is fun Apollo 13 is good. They're just so kind of bland. Like there's like a like a genuine blandness to all his work, which <laughs> no, like I even agree. Backdraft, which is packed with like stunts and Ron Howard is doing his best Steven Spielberg imitation. It just feels like personality free in some way. That's difficult to articulate because, again, like Backdraft is about a like serial killer arsonist going around that like Kurt Russell has to take on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you want a good fire movie, watch uh, Lifeline, the Johnny Toe fireman movie from Hong Kong. That's a great one with very dangerous looking stunts. Or um, host- what is it? Uh, is it Hostage, the Mel Gibson one? Uh, Ransom. Yeah, Ransom. Give me back my kid! A Ransom. Oh, you know what? I, o- I always liked Ransom when I was, you know, when I was a kid, I saw a lot of these movies when they were coming out and I really, you know, enjoyed them. Like Backdraft was always a favorite of mine, but like. I haven't seen these in like 15, 20 years. So like, I don't know how they hold up or not. I think they were just like out there too. Like they played on television a lot. They were big budgets. So that's why people watch them. It's just like, I remember when it was announced that like Ron Howard was going to direct the solo movie. And I was like, oh my God, I know exactly what that's going to be like. And it wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be like. Yeah. Kind of bland, boring and personality free. That's that Ron Howard touch. Yeah, I think you're right. It's like, not that Spielberg's perfect or anything either, but it, it he does seem to be, he seems to, yeah, he seems to be doing his best Spielberg, but without any sense of personality or like magic or wonder at all, you know? I mean, Ron Howard's very funny in that episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're you're right, though. He seems like such a nice, affable guy in person. Like Howard, you've done it again. And he holds up like two money bags. <laughs> We're going to a special <laughs> yeah. zoo where they have yeah. different animals. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so moving on to oh wait Clueless we almost forgot that everybody loves Clueless classic movie oh Clueless is great so yeah this is the 25th anniversary I think this is just the same Blu-ray they've always had <laughs> they've, suckers they put a new slip cover on it that says 25th anniversary but I'm looking at like, but if you open it up it's yeah, the same Blu-ray I'm at the features on the back and like these have all just been ported this is like the same disc it's kind of like what they did with uh, Sleepy Hollow last year when they re-released that it's like a 20th anniversary edition which I actually bought and then I opened it up at home and it's literally the same Blu-ray disc that 
existed in the previous edition like they just <laughs> and you're like well i'm a completist i own every version of sleepy hollow I, it's funny we talk so, about yeah, hammer and right. sleepy hollow is tim burton's homage to hammer movies it is but you know what i have to say on this note watching sleepy hollow again for the first time in like maybe a decade doesn't hold up as well as i thought it was going to no i remember really enjoying it when i watched it a decade ago very violent yeah, it was one of my favorite tim burton movies and yeah the look of it's still great but uh yeah, story-wise, doesn't really hold up. And Christina Ricci, man, she has nothing to do in that movie. Ugh. I mean, I know that you're a big Johnny Depp fan, so you're glad to just see your boy up there. Yeah, especially with what's going on with him right now. Jesus. Do you think he'll become, like, a DTV guy? He is, honestly, I think he needs to be, like, thrown in. I think he just needs to go away forever at this point. Like, I don't know if you've been, I don't know if people uh, have... There's going to be, like, a Mel Gibson, Johnny oh Depp God. movie. I don't know if people have been... Uh... I mean, what was the last, like, he was in those um, Harry Potter spinoff movies. Mordecai? He still does, like, he's got some indie stuff. He did some drama called The Professor. He's actually in the new movie from the director of um, Embrace of the Serpent, uh, Serpent and Birds of Passage. Uh, Chiro Guerra, which is coming out soon. It's with him and Robert Pattinson and Mark Rylance. Like, I'm blanking on what the title is, but it's coming out soon. He's also in that Biggie and Tupac investigation movie, the one where he like... <laughs> Wait, what? I don't know what this is. Yeah, so he plays a cop. It's like the true story of the Biggie Tupac murders, and he plays a cop on the case. This is the one that he um, physically assaulted a guy on the crew. It was like a big deal when this happened. Ugh. But also, yeah, like I don't know if you've been following the case like the the legal case between him and amber heard right now in the uk like i'm not a tabloid junkie like you are <laughs> yeah the shit that's coming out about him though like that amber heard it like in her testimony and everything like he is a disgusting disgusting person but wasn't there that insane article that was like he owns like a million islands and like he just blows his money oh, on it blown his money yeah and this was part of this whole case they've gone into how much money he's blown on like drugs alcohol purchases like that like he's He's just an asshole. And like, and I, yeah, I used to, we all used to love Johnny Depp, but like, he just needs to go away. The fact that he's even still potentially headlining pirate, like Disney franchises and like Fantastic Beats franchise, they cannot, like, they need to have him go away forever. Well, I heard there's point. two dueling pirate movies because we can't get enough. No way. And the really? gimmick yeah. is that like, they're getting women to headline them. So like one is like a Margot Robbie project and the other one is led by the screenwriter of Birds of Prey. Why do you need two? I don't know why, but the world is hungry for those pirates movies. I don't care about pirates of the Caribbean. There's one that came out that I just never saw. I didn't even like, because um, there was a fourth one and then a fifth one as well. There was a yeah. fifth one. There was a Because I think one. Orlando yeah. Bloom and Kira Knightley came back. Like, that was a big deal or something. They did. Yeah. Javier Bardem was in one of those, right? I think. I don't know. I only saw the original trilogy. <laughs> the original trilogy, just like the Star Wars. You're a OG Pirates kind of guy. Yeah, I'm a purist. I'm a Pirates purist. Right here. <laughs> uh, rest in peace, Gore Verbinski. All right, moving on. <laughs> He's not actually dead, people, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you seen The Lone Ranger? Terrible. I, I saw The Lone Ranger at a press screening because I had to review it, so... Yeah. Lone Ranger is one of those movies that, like, you watch it and you wonder, like, what were they thinking? Like, even as, like, a homage to serials, the movie only has an action scene at the beginning and the end, and it's two and a half hours long. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I love that Johnny Depp is now a native person, apparently. So Well, he's always done that. Remember, he played that role in his directorial effort, The Brave, as well. Yeah, which is, like, yeah, never, ever come out. Yeah, but I'm a Cure for Wellness fan, so... Yeah, uh, no, I appreciate Cure for Wellness. I, I didn't love it as much as some other people. Speaking of Gore Verbinski, because, you know, you got to get behind your boy, um, you know, 
what the Leonardo DiCaprio clone that was left in the tank for too long. What's his name? Oh, Dane DeHaan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wonder what he's doing. Do you think he has a Twitter? I'm sure he does. Does he tweet all the time? Yeah. I'm sure he acts still. He must pop like, up da- indie movies. Is there like a there. Dane DeHaan fan group? Something like that. <laughs> Are there DeHaan heads out there? Like after Valerian, oh, yeah. man, I'm very he, curious he now if Dave DeHaan has any many, fans. Yeah, he was in too many big budget flops, you know. So moving on, Wildlife, directed by Paul Dano, the good Dane DeHaan. <laughs> yeah, you know, I haven't seen this film yet, but I heard raves about this. Have you seen this? No, me, I haven't. I remember almost seeing it at a TIFF press screening and then going, eh, there's something I'd rather see and then completely forgetting about yeah, it. Yeah, it's one of those movies, like I'm not a huge coming of age movie person. So like whenever like one of those movies comes out, I'm like, yeah, another coming of age movie. But I heard incredible things about this. Like it definitely, I don't know, transcends the coming of age movie tropes. But I don't know. I mean, I love Paul Dano. I love him. He's I great. mean, I was hoping this was the uh, Reese Witherspoon movie. What is the one where she goes on that rich white woman walk? Wild. You know, that movie wasn't actually that bad. I, 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 I was say. like, oh, whoa, Criterion's putting out wild. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> No, this is another one of their new movies that they're putting out. Oh, wait. I mean, I haven't seen Wild, but are you going to, like, jump in front of the bullet for Wild? (laughs) You're like, it's not that bad. I don't mind Wild. I I don't really like Jean-Marc Vallée or, you know, I don't know. It never really appeals. Yeah, I think he's kind of a douchebag, honestly. But, you know, that's... (laughs) That's a whole a other conversation. I mean, he did like basically take over season two of Big Little Lies from Andrew Arnold. Right? Oh yeah, I always get Jean-Marc uh, Lavey confused with Denis Villeneuve just because they're two right. Quebec filmmakers. They both like, yeah, I know, right? Uh, so moving on, we have two TV series: Pennyworth season one and Shameless season ten. Have you ever watched any Shameless? I hear it's good. William I've H Macy. S- yeah, I've seen it a couple episodes here and there. I just can't believe the show's been on for ten seasons now. <laughs> did his wife end up having to go to jail? For yeah, uh, bribing so. university she's time, yeah, <laughs> or she's going to serve time. Ugh, that's great. I know it's hilarious. And uh, Pennyworth, which seems like a joke premise, which is like a uh, '60s era spy show starring everyone's favorite butler, uh, Alfred from the Batman series. <laughs> yeah, I read about this. Have you watched this? I mean, obviously, I haven't seen a frame. No, of this, I haven't but... watched it. I hear it's good. I hear, like, if people like stuff like the Avengers, like the original version, um, with Emma Peel and stuff like that, that this is in the same vein. Really fun, dedicated. It has, like, a fun lead, too. Um, but there's just so much of this stuff. Like, they are, like... Just squeezing those teats until, like, air shoots out. Yeah, like, every month there's a new DC TV show coming out. And I'm like, where are all these things even playing? Well, I can get behind Doom Patrol, who season two just started. And I sang the praises of it when that Blu-ray came out. So if you want a show to check out, check out that one. We also have Aga from Big World. Have you seen this one, Mark? No, I haven't. It looks really interesting, though. It's basically a really minimalist movie about two... um, basically like a native couple in kind of like the Russian, like basically like the barren, snowy Russian wilderness. And it just kind of follows the two of them as they're kind of living their life. And then, I don't know, sort of, it seems like thriller elements are introduced. Like, you know, the food starts to become scarce and then they're trying to find somebody and they can't, but it's getting really, really great reviews. Um, it's done in uh, the languages Yakut. I, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but I believe it's like the first movie ever made in that language. Um, if you're just a fan of like kind of obscure international cinema and just like 
ethnographic cinema just to see different kind of cultures on screen portrayed naturalistically i would say definitely check this out we also have the great buddha plus not to be confused with the canadian film which i think was called the great buddha as well i don't know if you guys ever got a copy of that I one i don't know that film actually it was like a quebec film oh. about like tourists and it's oh. like very uh you know the guy who made uh killing of a sacred deer yeah, okay. yeah i think it just kind of fell through the cracks i saw it the year I was wor- wa- uh, working at the Canadian Screen Award because I could watch oh, all of cool, these Canadian cool. films that yeah. had been uh, sent in. But The Great Buddha Plus is a Taiwanese film. Uh, sounds like a fun one. Not one of those slow no. art Yeah, ones. it's supposed to actually be a comedy. It's supposed to be kind of uh, quirky and weird. It was Taiwan's um, submission for Best Foreign Film that year, which I believe was 2017. So it was a few years back. Um, but yeah, I don't really know much about this director or this film until we got it in, but it seems to have been a pretty big hit in its uh, home country. And it definitely is more of like a, a comedy instead of like, I feel like a lot of slow cinema kind of comes out of Taiwan these days. But yeah, what is this company Chen Chen yeah, put it out? And I think they have just kind of started up recently to bring more uh, mainland Chinese and Taiwanese films to North America because they've got some releases coming out next month, like a a Chinese thriller that's coming out and a few others that look pretty interesting, actually. <laughs> well goes like, what the hell is going <laughs> on? on my turf. <laughs> well, I guess they can do the art stuff that like Wellgo doesn't touch because Wellgo just does blockbusters. Well, that's the thing. These films that have been coming out with them or that are going to come out uh, when I, I've never heard of them. They probably I think a few of them play TIFF and some other festivals, but they do seem to be uh, get a lot of exposure in the, their home country. So it's just they're not really getting anything outside of there until now. I mean, they have to pass the censors to somehow get out there. I wonder if Taiwanese films also have to pass the censors. Probably, right? Because, like, Taiwan is that whole thing is, like, mainland China says it belongs to it. Taiwan says it's more of an independent state. Yeah. Why can't big countries just go, all right, you can be your own thing? Why do they have to fight about it? Like, I don't get it. I don't get it either. Can't you just be happy with what you have? Why do you need more? It won't make you feel any better. Yeah. Why does China have to be the way China is? <laughs> yeah. Or any uh, authoritarian country. We also have Balloon, a.k.a. Ballon, released by Icarus. Two families attempt a daredevil plan to escape the GDR with a homemade hot air balloon, but it crashes just before the border. Well, sounds like fun. This actually is supposed to be a lot of fun. I, I never caught up with this, but like, yeah, it's kind or of... Or a nerve-jangling thrill ride, as the back of the box yeah, says. but apparently it's good for the whole family, too. Like, they've actually pitched it as kind of like a family film, too, so... So it's not like people being gunned down because they're trying to escape? No, I, I don't think it's gonna... I mean, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> when are we gonna get that Balloon Boy movie? That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. So, moving on, we also have Supermodo from 2018. Joe, a witty nine year old terminally ill girl is taking back to a rural village to live out the rest of her short life. Her only comfort during these dull times are her dreams of being a superhero, which proved to be something her rebellious teenage sister, overprotective mother, and the entire village think they can fulfill. This sounds like a tearjerker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is another, yeah, like film pitched at families. It's from Kenya. And it's won a ton of awards at like a ton of awards at kind of like more family oriented film festivals over the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, it's supposed to be just one of those like tearjerker crowd pleasers for families, you know, and like I feel like family movies, like most of the family movies we get in at the store here are like 
I don't know, corporate, like, Trolls World Tour or, like, Scoob and stuff like that. You know, it's, like, bland American crap. So it's nice to get some family stuff, both with this and Ballon, that are, like, more interesting, right? Like, why can't there be more family films coming out in North America from different parts of the world instead of just, like, families having to rely on, like, corporately made American garbage, you know? Because families don't want to have to work too hard when (laughs) it comes to picking stuff. And also, they won't know if it's good unless Eric Roberts is on the cover. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, please watch A Talking Cat with your family, you know, don't don't pass that (laughs) I mean, technically, that's supposed to be a family film, right? It is a family film, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) The little void of that cat's mouth, you can see it to hell by looking into it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Another film, Becoming Nobody. Oh, there's a documentary about Ram Dam's teaching in life. Who's that, Mark? Ram Das. He was a, well, he was a big... Uh, I like the name Ram Dam better, so I'm going to say... I'm going to start calling him Ram Dam. But yeah, he was a basically, well, no, he actually just passed away at the end of last year, but he was basically a Buddhist who brought Buddhism to America, or is really credited with bringing uh, Buddhism to America, particularly for the boomer generation. So, I mean, <laughs> take that for what what it what it's worth. Um, people love this guy, though. He was like a big deal in like the 70s and 80s. They've already done documentaries about him, too. One called Ram Das Fierce Grace, I believe, that came out about 20 years ago. Uh, but now there's another one, and it came out just as like just before he died, and it's kind of a uh, doc about his teachings and some of his final appearances, I think. It, he's a boomer that brought Buddhism to boomers, so I mean... I don't know him personally. I don't really care. Whatever his teachings led to them destroying (laughs) the social fabric of North America as we know it. I was looking him up to refresh my memory on like what he actually did. Zen in the art of motorcycle uh, maintenance. (laughs) They just keep referencing that he brought Buddhism to boomers. And I'm like, well, why are why are boomers so unchill then? You know, so we also have under fire, the untold story of PFC Tony Vaccaro. Yeah, this looks pretty cool. Uh, It's a documentary that was on HBO a couple years ago, but it was um, it's about a um, a soldier who during World War Two snuck his like portable. Ugh, I thought we'd get through this without any World War Two films. <laughs> Would it be a week on the BSV podcast without a World War Two movie? So, anyways, uh, he brought his portable camera onto the battlefield and I guess took like really iconic photos of basically World War Two as it was in the trenches. Uh, yeah, that's all I know about this. It's a documentary about him. Uh, we also have Starfish from Altered Innocence, a company that seemingly only deals in coming-of-age movies. Yeah, apparently. I heard good things about this, though. A unique, intimate, and honest portrayal of a girl grieving for the loss of her best friend. Yeah, so it's kind of like a sci-fi. It's, it's like another indie post-apocalyptic sci-fi movie. Is her friend a starfish? Because that would be great. Or if the protagonist is a starfish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably not. Maybe, though. I don't know. I mean, Yeah, you don't know. You'll have to rent I, it I to find know. out. We'll have to watch it. Uh, but Altered Instance, as they usually do, puts together really nice packages for their movies. Uh, they got some really nice artwork on the front, and they usually put a bunch of special features on it. So... You know, it's nice for the, you know, it's nice to see a company putting out new movies and like deluxe editions. Was it Altered Innocence that put out that Canadian film about the three boys during summer? Yeah, Sleeping Giants. Sleeping Giants, yeah. That they put it out before a Canadian company did? No, no, it came out from a Canadian company Oh, did it? It came out from the long defunct D films. Do you remember them? 
Oh, I have a copy of uh, their Sleeping Giants Blu-ray release. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Uh, we also have Game of Death, which I really hope they just released to exploit on the fact that the Bruce Lee film ca- uh, set came out this week. Even though it has nothing to do with it, it's a seemingly um, not-so-good Canadian horror film. Yeah, apparently this was based on a Quebecois web series, I think I was reading at first, yeah. But it seems like, I don't know, I haven't seen this, but it's like a Battle Royale type thing where it's like a bunch of millennials have to, like, kill or be killed in this, like, game of death, basically. I don't know. You know you have to be a little suspicious when it came out, like, four years ago (laughs) and it's being released now. You're like, yeah. Maybe it's great. Yeah. I don't know. I heard mixed things about it. I haven't. I mean, how many? I feel like there's been a lot of these Battle Royale type movies now. Did you watch the next movie, Mark? Because now that I'm reading the synopsis, I really wish I had picked it as our blind buy. It's a film called Body Cam. I did watch Body Cam. And yeah, I, <laughs> Man, I know you so well. I know. And you know what? I had this at home and I was like, I think Justin might pick this for the blind buy this week. And you... And you didn't, but whatever. I'm like, I'm going to watch it anyway, whatever. Uh, This movie is kind of interesting. So this is kind of going straight to VOD. I think it was meant for theatrical, but because of COVID, it kind of, that didn't happen. So it just stars Mary J. Blige, who's a great actor. Mary J. Blige and Nat Wolf, who is the brother of Alex Wolf, who's the kid from Hereditary and a bunch of other things. Um, It's also got some other actors in it, you know, but uh, mostly it's Mary J. Blige plays a cop. Uh, uh, in Louisiana, New Orleans, or somewhere around New Orleans, and basically the cops on her in her unit start getting picked off by like an unseen force, and they just like she has the body cam footage to see, but they're just getting like thrown away by some like creature or something. So it's kind of a mix of like cop procedural and horror and just supernatural horror movie because she's investigating the death of one of her cop of her cop partners and all these other cops start dying uh basically you know you're probably thinking it's weird to have cops as protagonists in a movie right now but this is kind of the whole point it's def it's definitely trying to tackle police corruption uh because you know the reason they're all getting picked off may or may not have to do with something that these cops have done recently that wasn't so good so is it like um unfriended and it just reveals like one of the cops like shit their pants or something like that (laughs) which is the twist in unfriended (laughs) yeah you know no you're right it is kind of like unfriended in terms of the story thread um this is not a found footage though movie though they use a lot of body cam footage but it is just like a regularly filmed movie um you know what it actually had me for a while it's not too bad uh it's got a good sense of pacing it's got some good spooks mary j blige is great in this i've always liked her and she's got a good presence i know she doesn't act a ton but she has a great presence and playing this role she's just she nails this role she just plays like a tough female cop really well and it definitely tries to tackle police corruption in as best of a way they can for what is still kind of like a studio film because Paramount made this. Um, I do think, unfortunately, it does just peter out in the last act. It doesn't really. It just kind of ends up going in the direction that all of these kind of horror movies eventually go. Characters make dumb decisions and then it you know, results in this big climax that really isn't that satisfying at all and doesn't really get its point across. And honestly, it kind of just made me, the more I watched it, it reminded me of a better, more recent movie that kind of dealt with the same thing, Black and Blue, which we've talked about before, which was more of an action thriller, but it had the same setting and basically the same kind of idea trying to tackle corrupt cops. Wait, but that one didn't have a ghost in it, did it? No, that one didn't have a ghost in it, but it had the same kind of vibe, honestly. 
And Black and Blue is a lot better. I would highly recommend that. Um, and it does a better job trying to tackle police corruption in the guise of like what's still like a genre movie. It's it's definitely a genre movie through and through. But I think I admire the intentions behind it. It just doesn't quite work. But, you know, it's not bad for something that's like it's one of those movies that if it's like a VOD movie, it's like a typical kind of VOD movie. If you stumble across it on Netflix or something or if you just walk into the store and see it on like the, the shelf. You know, I could see like it's worth a night's wash. It's like a decent time time waster, um, but I wouldn't expect too much from it. So we also have Jurassic Shark released by Wild Eye. And uh, this movie came out in 2012 and they're trying to sell it off again. But it's directed by Brett Kelly, Ottawa's own filmmaker who releases endless movies like he's just endless and they're so bad uh i actually went to a screening of one of his early films and i will never forget it because he blew me off as i was oh no, uh, yeah and i think all the time that the like have shoulder. i done that to people who have uh tried to talk to me at screenings people like that justin de clue guy what a jerk what a jerk <laughs> but i will never forget that like and it must have been like a I don't know how I learned about it because it felt like a friends and family screening. Like it was just like in some room somewhere in Ottawa. I didn't know him. I think it was like (laughs) a third or fourth film. And yep, we'll never forget that. And I've met an actor who's worked with him. He's like, he does one take and that's it. If you flub your line, doesn't matter. That's what's going into the movie. That gives us its charm, right? (laughs) Yeah. Ed Woodian. Yeah, I think they're just releasing this. Yeah, for some reason, this is the first time this has come out. But I think they're releasing it to piggyback on the release of Ouija Shark, which we talked about last week. So They're piggybacking I, on the release of that? Because like, people uh, are very I excited so. about that? I think they were like, hey, what other shark movies do we have in our catalog? Hey, Jurassic Shark. We also have Enter the Fat Dragon, the Donnie Yen picture. Famous because it was delayed for like three years because they had to make it just perfect. <laughs> and this is another one with weird timing, too considering it's coming out the same week as the Bruce Lee Weird set. timing? <laughs> I think they probably aimed it to come out around that so time. So I figured I'd leave this one to you. Have you have you seen this film? Oh yeah, I saw it in theaters wow. in Toronto. Um, it, it has the same title as a Sammo Hung film, but it has nothing to do with it. There's barely any Bruce Lee content. It's directed by Wong Jing, uh, the trash meister himself uh, <laughs> out of Hong Kong. And it's fine. It has some fun Donnie Yen action. It takes place in Japan for some reason. At this point, Donnie Yen does not do any of his fighting. It's all stunt doubles the entire way through. So if you know what you're getting in for, uh, it's fun. It's inoffensive, not essential by any stretch of the imagination. Compared to most films that Wellgo puts out, I would recommend this one over there no contest <laughs> so he is in a fat suit in this one he and... is but it's a pretty thin fat suit <laughs> yeah like, i'm on the it, cover i'm like that's not that fat yeah and it doesn't even really affect him at all like he's not slow he doesn't use it in any way it's just donnie Yen that's in a fat suit that's pretty much all that it is <laughs> great so uh bay street videos opened up at this point right People don't even need uh, to make appointments. Yeah, you don't even have to schedule an appointment anymore. And we've actually expanded our hours because, you know, despite the best, you know, you know, despite what it seems like the best way to proceed with all this is, everybody wants things to open again. So I guess we're opening. So (laughs) we are open between. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about that. 
we uh, we're open between 10 a.m. and 8 p.m. Mondays to Saturdays now. So yeah, you can just come on down. Uh, it's just walk-in. So we are capping the same thing as before. We're capping the amount of people in the store to four people at a time. So if we're at capacity, you just wait out in the hallway for a bit. But usually that's not too big of an issue. And you gotta wear a mask, please, people. Wear. How masks. many people have you had to tell we can't let you in without uh, a mask? Two people so far. If, or three oh, that's pe- it. Three people okay. so far have come to the doors wanting to come in without a mask. One person pulled the um, the medical exemption card on me. Which, sorry, even if you have a medical exemption, like I totally... If you have a medical exemption, you should not be out here. You should give us a call and pick up your orders. I sympathize with that, but still, even if you do, I'm sorry, we can't let you into the store. It's just like, it's just our policy. Uh, It just puts everybody at risk, and we're really sorry. We can still... If you have a medical exemption, we can still help you out and do some sort of like yeah. curbside pickup uh, or give us a call. You just you can't come in the store. I'm sorry. And, you know. So no one's gotten belligerent yet? Uh, yeah, one or two people have gotten belligerent. I, I will say that. So it hasn't been as bad as you see it in certain parts of the world. But um, right now, yeah, there still is. I mean, in Toronto, we're in a big city and there's a lot of people that just don't really think the mask thing is that big of a deal or they have to comply so it is a big deal like it'll it'll cut stuff down by like 65 70 percent if i told you there was a magical drug that would like have a success rate of 70 percent you'd be like oh yeah i would love to take that drug exactly right it's like we don't want this to start up again like they've already it's already looking like cases are starting to go up again in like bc and alberta and places now just because everybody's out again so it's like, come on, people. We don't want this. We don't want everything to shut down again. We don't want this to be a big thing. Just wear the mask for a little while, and it's fine. That's all you got to do. Just wear the mask. If you're out, wear the mask. And only indoors. You don't even need to wear it outside. And only indoors. That's the thing. Like, I don't care if you if you don't wear the mask on the way to the store, but just when you walk inside, just please put it on. <laughs> That's it. Please, for the love of God, just put it on. <laughs> all right. So now that they've heard it from us, I feel like they'll take it seriously. Yes, definitely. Our word is bond. <laughs> so until next week, my name is Justin DeClue. And I'm Mark Hansen. Thanks for listening. These movies and many more are available at your local video store.